Love the control. Love the command. Love the spacebar and the hard return. Love the words from East Leeds FM. So you're listening to Love the Words on East Leeds FM. Tonight I'm talking to Jade Wright down in Norwich. Jade's a poet, a writer, and she's going to tell us about a fascinating magazine. It's called, on the website, a young literary magazine. I want to hear what that is. But hello, Jade. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So, yeah, well, tell us a bit about uh, Beyond Words so Beyond Words is a relatively new magazine established early last year. Um, the idea for Beyond Words kind of came to our lovely editor Gal when she was a bit frustrated, her and her fellow writer friends, about the kind of turnaround time when submitting to publications. So she created Beyond Words to kind of have a publication where they can guarantee you will get a yes or a no for general submissions within 24 hours. That's quite something actually, isn't it? Because, you know, I, I remember submitting poems to magazines a long time ago and it would take a while. You'd be thinking, do I submit this somewhere else? Now I've got to wait for that to come back and it might be weeks or months. So that's really quite an undertaking, but quite a lot of work for whoever's selecting, editing or whatever. Uh, so how does that go? How many other of you? So we are, we're quite a big team, our editorial team, and we're always on the lookout for editorial readers. And if you want to hear more about that, then our website at beyondwordsmag.com has all of the details about how you can get involved and become a reader yourself. Um, yeah, that was the general idea behind starting Beyond Words. And we are, we're very proud of the fact that we can get back to people so quickly. Um, we welcome poetry, flash fiction, short stories up to a thousand words and visual art as well. And the fact that you've got, you're a young literary magazine, that means presumably that you haven't been going long rather than it's for a particular age group. No, we've just been going for the for 10 months. Our poetry, art and short stories are any subject that the writer chooses. The only specified themes we offer are every month for every issue we have a 250 word challenge um, and you can submit either poetry or a piece of short fiction of no more than 250 words on a theme that is given to us by the editorial squad and that is how I actually came to be involved with the magazine. I entered one of the competitions last year and won on the theme of run. So you'll be given a word or a phrase and you have to write around it. And you've got a piece to read, actually, one of your own, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Is that OK? Yep. An example of, oh, it's flash fiction, yeah? Yes. Yes, it's a piece of flash fiction that I won with. And like I said, the theme was run. This is my... A story that's called Pebble. The day after you died, I took a sharpie to the beach and wrote your name on every pebble I could find. The sea roared your name. It felt good to be part of your echo. 
I tried to stack the pebbles. How I ended up here, in a hotel room with a half a window and lukewarm water. I promised myself if I could stack 10 pebbles, then I would just stay and face the music, admit it all, try and make them see that I didn't mean it. Any less than 10 and I would have to run. I just hope you know that I didn't mean to hurt you, but I only managed to stack seven. Thank you very much, Jade. Lovely, lovely piece of writing. Well, if it's all that good, I shall be subscribing. But um, you've just you've just got you've just become member a member of the editorial board. How are you finding that? I'm having a lot of fun with it. I get sent a lot of um, really innovative innovative stuff to have a read through and give feedback on. Um, it can be quite full on. Gal is really honest when you sign up, and she'll say this could take a matter of days or this will just take a few hours to look through you can kind of tell her how much time that you have to give towards it and um, yeah it's loads of fun and you can find us and um, like you said on the website beyondwordsmag.com but we're also on instagram twitter and facebook at beyond words mag well thanks very much jade and uh it yeah it really does i've had a look at the website it's lovely and the artwork's great too it look it looks really lovely and there's some really interesting writing in there so yeah congratulations there really is yeah i'm very proud to be part of it thank you love the haiku love the sonnet love the quatrain and the couplet love the words from East Leeds FM. Christmas Day. It makes me laugh. You dumbo. Sorry, you'll get annoyed at me for watching that again. And calling you a dumbo on your birthday. Not that you'll ever... I don't know. If I could just figure out how... Your old dad was never very good with computers. Your mum was always the one. It's like she planned this from the beginning, isn't it? No. We're going to give her a break today. Sorry. I'm rambling. Again. There's no way you can hear this. But even if there's a chance in a million, I just wanted to say... Happy birthday, love.
I'm sorry I'm not with you. Incoming hey? transport ship, 420 clicks east. Estimated arrival, 30 seconds. Impact in 29 You're seconds. You're not helpful. Impact in 28 seconds. Oh, stop it. How do I shut you up? All descriptions are programmed to give you maximum awareness of your situation. I'm aware of my situation, thank you. Crashing. And I don't need you to add to that, so stop it. Thank you. Impact in 25 seconds. Oh. There she goes. Oh, wonderful. On the side. Makes things so easy. Caution. Please exit the craft. This rocket will return to Earth Ugh. imminently. Give me your hand. What's going on? We've got 30 seconds. You need to release the belt. Great landing, by the way. Uh, computer went funny. It's an older ship. Ah, uh, bad workman always blames his tools. Take your time. I can't reach. Well, you've got 20 seconds. Ugh. There we go. Got you. Wow. 10 seconds. Stand clear of the rocket. This transport is about to return to Do Earth. Do what the lady says. Thank you for flying Vixen Penitentiary Transport. Well, that was fun. Not quite the word I'd use. Fair enough. Welcome to the moon, I guess. That can't be right. What? You, helping me. Oh, right. Don't the maintenance bots deal with all that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how any of it works. Surely I'm supposed to be transported here under supervision. Look, the stuff here is old. It's dodgy. It really doesn't work all the time. Just be grateful that I was there to help out. Because if I'd left you... Whoosh, and then you'd be in trouble. That's ridiculous. They can't punish me for that. Where's all the staff? You don't look like a prison guard. But you am there. Welcome, inmate Amy Sawyer. You have been registered as a prisoner in Vixen Compound Barrett Base cool. 1. Cool. Now you just got to put on the wrist strap. It's quite tight. You get used to it. Logged. Uploading personal item. Oh, very nice. What is it? A video. Duh. It's not going to be a painting, is it? Okay, so you got the buttons there. Play, pause, volume... You'll work it out. Prisoner registered. The Vixen Corporation thanks you for cooperating. There we go. Time for the tour. Engineering. Can't touch anything unless there's an emergency. In which case, we really can't touch anything. On the right there, that's the workstation. I'll show you that later. To the left, there's toilets, washrooms... How long have you been doing this? Long enough. I should charge. Then that's the kitchen, dining room, and through that door at the end is the communication center. Not that we're really allowed to be in there. Doesn't matter, though. We can't exactly send any messages. I heard colonies were allowed three a year. Yeah, well, other places have supervisors. Decent food, other prisoners. I was wondering that. Where is everyone? Funny thing about a moon base. Because it's far enough to be classed as a prison, but still close to the Earth. The real psychos, send them away. Arsonists, murderers, proper crime. Get them out of here. Send them into the sun if they've been really bad. But here, the moon is for little things. And seeing as most of them get settled out of court, well, you'd have to be pretty unlucky to end up in this place. Congratulations. So 
So it's... Just me. Yeah. How long have you been... Which brings me to the medical centre at the end, and then cells, which is where you'll spend most of your monotonous days. So, yeah. That's about it. You really flew through that. Any questions? This is not what I imagined. Disarming, isn't it? All this freedom to make it feel all humane. God, I sound like I care. Look, up there. Cameras? 24-7, watching every move. And everything in this place is timed and automated. If you're not where you're supposed to be, there's penalties. Locks you out. I had a fun few nights sleeping on the floor the first few days. You've got to go by the book, to the letter. That's the Barrett base one way. So, it's all run by the computer? You're welcome to try. I could do with a laugh. I know I said it was dodgy, but I wouldn't risk it. Speaking of which... Return to cells. You coming? Return or are you sleeping cells. on the floor? Return to cells. Sensible girl. It's Amy, right? Yes. Nice to meet you, Amy. I'm Neil. Right then. Play video recording. Look at his little tail. You can pet him, dear. Go on, stroke him. He's so cute. It's all yours. Really? Oh, thank you, Mum. Thank you so much. Oh, look at you. You look like a little teddy. I'm going to call you Teddy. Lift, drop, break, right? Spot on. Not exactly taxing work. You can say that again. This is really dull. Better get used to it. Moon rock's the only thing you're going to be collecting, breaking down and dissolving for... how long? Three years. Uh, how about you? God knows what they get from this stuff. Barely anything in moon rock. Absolutely nothing. You know a lot about planet minerals. What did you do? Uh... Oh, this machinery is so slow. Dodgy. I told you. It shouldn't be. These things are built to last like 400 years. Oh, God. Are you a techie? <laughs> if by that you mean I know how to change a fuse, sure, I'm a techie. Ugh. You're the always get on my nerves. I had to deal with loads of technical assistance at Mercury Steel. Mercury Steel? You worked for the man. You've really hit the jackpot here, you see. Mercury, Venus, they get the good stuff. Mining acid, melting steel, working seatbelts in rockets. But no, not here. Mundane crime means mundane punishment. Lucky us. Mm. Uh, this bit's not coming. I wonder if there's something wrong with the cord. Oh, I wouldn't know. So, are you going to tell me or not? Tell you what? I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. Burglary. Very nice. What did you steal? That's the thing. Nothing. <laughs> you must have been a pretty rubbish burglar no, then. It, it wasn't like that. Unfortunately, it was one of those wrong place at the wrong time kind of situations. Oh, yeah. I've heard all that before. At least I won't have to worry about anything in the base going missing. No. Then. It wasn't. I was only helping. And, and then... 
Anyways, you were going to tell me yours. You know, I think you might be right about that chord. It is very slow. Reminder, as an inmate, you are designated 30 minutes per You're day for rest and relaxation. Minutes. Oh, give me a break. Christ! Are you talking to yourself? What are you doing here? <laughs> I just fancied a walk. That's nice. This is my bit. What were you doing? Doesn't matter. Were you recording? That's none of your business. <laughs> it's okay. I talk to myself too sometimes. No, look, that wasn't... It's not... You wouldn't understand, okay? Just go away. All right. Jeez. I was making a recording. You didn't need to yell. It's hard to explain. I was only wondering. Yes. Look, it's personal. I can't. It's fine. You're good with computers and stuff, right? Any luck? It's quite frustrating when I don't know why I'm doing this. Just can you get it transmitting or not? We could get in trouble if they work out what we're up in to. In five years, there's been no one contact this place. I don't think they even bother checking the cameras anymore. We can just say we're logging a technical fault. Please. Okay, say I manage to get into the system. Say I do that. We can send and receive messages, great. But you're relying on the person on the other end picking up. But they'll still get the message. No, because... Anyone will automatically delete any file they see that's coming from prison. Oh. You must have had some home security. I... Someone else did that. And as soon as they receive the message, I guarantee they will shut us down. Or put us into lockdown. And make sure we can't use it again. So it's pointless? Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Sorry, Neil. This seat taken? Mm. That was a joke. You can laugh. You're not funny. Wow. Okay. Someone's in a mood. Excuse me if I don't find you hilarious. What's the matter? Nothing. Will you stop bothering me? I've got work to do. I'm sorry about last night. I know you must be upset. Upset? Why would I be upset? I didn't mean to shoot you down or it's anything. It's fine. Look, we don't have to talk about it. It's fine. If it makes you feel any better, I wish I could call him too. Why do you think I care? Does this clearly matter to you? You wouldn't understand. <laughs> Try me. We've all left people behind. This situation where we are now, it causes damage. Rips normal life back home wide open. I was... There's people that I've left that me being here has damaged and so I know you think of me as some girl who just does computers but I know what it means being here so tell me 
We're the only people we're going to see for God knows how long. Why don't you try talking to me? I'm busy, thank you. What are you afraid of? Nothing. I've just got a lot of rock to break down. You're not even paying attention to the work. It's an important job I need to finish. The rock's gone. What are you talking about? You're about to drill through the floor. What? Four weeks. Bloody hell. It's okay. It's it's not a big deal. We can appeal. Um, claim machinery for. Oh, bloody useless drill. You don't actually believe that, do you? What? Appeals. They don't take them seriously. They don't even look at them. <laughs> I can't believe that. Surely they have to. <laughs> I wouldn't be stuck here for ten years if they did. Ten years? You've been here for ten years? Yeah. What the hell did you do to get stuck on the moon for ten years? You didn't... Bloody hell, Amy. I didn't do anything like that. I didn't kill anyone. Well, what do you expect me to think? I, I... I tried to look after my family. What do you mean you tried to look after your family? That's not going to get you sent it's, up here. It's... It's complicated. I... It wasn't my fault. Hey, it's, it's okay. I get it. You don't. I do. You can't. Look, I hung around with some bad people. I didn't know they... I guess I don't know. Maybe I had the wall pulled over my eyes. And I, I was there, I was involved, but I didn't do all... And because of that, my mum can't and won't speak to me, and she's all on her own. And I should be there, but because of what I've done. So I think. I don't know. All I'm trying to say is, I know how you feel. I can't see my kids for 10 years, Amy. I've got a son and a daughter. It's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. Is that who the recordings are for? Yeah. Not that they're very good at the minute. I guess I'm going to miss a lot of birthdays. Oh, Neil. You, uh, can't be in here. Oh, it's fine. Like you said, they don't check anyways. Yeah, and I also said not to come in here. If you trip something on the system and something flares up, they can't not notice. Well, they seem to ignore us most of the time. It's fine. We can always claim a solar flare or something. I doubt we'll get in trouble. Well, if we do, you're on your own. Well, we can't be dealing with broken machinery. Oh, there we go. System reboot. Should unlock the stool. I've given the system a bit of a clean-up, too. There were a load of files slowing it down, so I've wiped what? them. They'll be fine. I'm sure they were just manuals or something. My recordings were on there. Oh. All of them. Everything. Uh, yeah. Can you get them back? I, I don't think so. Amy! I was only trying to help. You're not helping. Why don't you just stop poking around in things? I told you not to come in I'm here. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. It was an accident. Yeah? Well, your accident just got rid of all my messages. To my kids. You don't tell me anything. How's I supposed to know that that was in here? Do you know how long? It's not I've like been you can even send them, anyways. Oh, 
Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying it was an accident. I was just trying to fix the machinery. That was my mistake. Not your job to fix it. I was trying to help you out here. Well, excuse me if I don't get down on my hands and knees and praise you. Stupid meddling computer right. geek. That's it. From the moment I've got here, you've been nasty, rude, expecting me to tell you everything about myself without giving anything back. And I'm sick of it. Good job you're not still around your mum. Excuse me? You'd probably make things worse for her instead of me. That's not what this is about. It's not my... We're all here for a reason, Amy. You go around doing shitty things and eventually you have to pay for them. I hope you die in here. This, uh, this seat taken? Go away. Look, I know you're angry. Go away. I've been rude and said some things that I don't mean. Cool, Neil. That I don't know about. Yeah, you really do. And that was wrong of me. You were just trying to help. You were being kind. And I wasn't. I'm sorry. Cool. I'll go. But I really am sorry. My daughter's name is Ellie. I don't care, Neil. You were right. About what? I worked for Vixen. I was a project manager for 15 years. Big money, big projects, big losses. Is this going somewhere? I was in the middle of all that and I don't know. I lost my way. It infects everything, your whole life. My wife, my kids, I did some things. I said some things. Have you ever had someone tell you they hate you? And like mean it, like properly. Like they'd get a restraining order and... You're right. We've all left people behind. It's my fault. So, when you say you've torn your life up, I get it. We're both in here for the long run. We shouldn't punish each other too. I'm sorry. Would you like to see a video of my dog? What's the matter? You're gonna love this. What? Can it wait? I've got a processed food package to eat. I'm starving. So, remember when I, uh, reset the system? When you wiped my recordings, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been thinking. All internal stuff. It runs off the same system, right? Right. Yeah. Sorry, could you do that again in English, please? I'm, I'm not good with this. Okay. So... Everything's all connected. 
So if I reset one thing... You reset it all? Exactly. That's interesting. You're not getting it, are you? No. Sorry. Right. Everything's reset. Well, software-wise, can't exactly leave, but all the computer stuff, security passwords, ID tags for transmissions, they take 24 hours to come back online and... Nothing's going to stop it. With the ID transmissions offline, I could call home. You can call home. So, go on then. What are you waiting for? Don't tell me you've forgotten the number. Thank you. Transmitting 145 Pleasant Avenue, London, United Kingdom, Earth. Hello? Elle? Ellie? Is that you? Dad? Why are you on the computer? Surprise. Bet you didn't see that coming. Shall I get more? No. No. Hold on. What's going on? Crap. It's a solar flare. Hold on. L, L, you there? When? When what, love? D did you get anything nice today? I um, got some hair straighteners. That was nice. Really pushing the boat out this year. Oh, no, not again. Can you get it back? Yeah, hold on. Sorry, I might only be able to hold it for 30 seconds. Dad? Hi, Ellie. I'm here. Sorry. When are you coming home, Dad? 20 seconds. Dad. 10 seconds. Soon. Really? Yes. Dad's got to go now, Elle, but listen. I love you. Don't let your brother annoy you too much. And I know your mother likes her health kicks, but for God's sake, make sure you get some cake today. Happy birthday, love. I hope you have a brilliant day. Lunar recording, 22, April, 2122. How to start this? Or end this? Okay. I'm not recording this to send anywhere. Or admit to anything. Confess for my sins or something like that, if anyone's listening. Not that the big man and I would see eye to eyes anyways. No. This is just for me. I know what I've done wrong. My name is Neil Hammond. I've been stuck here in prison on the moon. God, I sound like I'm in the start of a TV show. Neil Hammond, moon man, rocket Nah, sounds a bit daft. At first, I thought, you know what? I'll take this. I deserve this. I've done wrong. I've hurt people I cared about. A lot. But the more I think about this, no. This isn't atonement, this is acceptance. And I'm not going to take this lying down anymore. I don't know when. I haven't even thought how. But I'm going to get out of this. And I'm going to look the people I've hurt in the eye and I'm going to say... So, to end a rambling, 
frankly ominous sounding message. You think you've broken me, but I'm just getting started. To my wife, I'm so sorry. To my new friend, thank you. To my kids, I'm coming home. written, directed, and edited by Ed Foster. It starred Lewis Jackson as Neil, Eden Vaughan as Amy, Sophie Conn as the voice of the computer, and Sophie Parkin as Ellie. It was assistant directed by Luke Hayward, produced by Bethan Corner, and was an open theatre production. Love the nouns, love the pronouns, impersonal and personal. Love the words from ELFM. So, good evening and welcome to Love the words here on East Leeds FM. Um, I'm going to be talking to Becky Cherriman, the poet. Hello, Becky. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm all right. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Yes, very, very excited to be speaking to you. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, your collaboration with the Cultural Institute, uh, the piece that you've written, which is online the force of their lives um part of a project called beyond measure so first of all if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about that relationship that you have with the cultural institute and what beyond measure is yeah so the cultural institute is based at the university of leeds and they link research with creative the creative sector in different ways and then they they encourage participation in the arts that tends to link to research so i was i saw a, an advert for a commission called beyond measure which was was linking art and artists with research and evidence in cultural culture and health commission and um, that's what that's what the title of the commission was. So they they were looking for artists really to respond to one of a number of themes, and the theme that I responded to was artists' mental health. So yeah, the, the culturalist yeah, that sounds fascinating. So they 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 link with artists to particular briefs, I suppose. So um, they, yeah, go on. Yeah, they they link they link with artists, and for this for the Beyond Measure project, they were looking at different ways of um, measuring health um, and and arts, and they they have a fantastic exhibition online now with ten artists who all responded to the brief in different ways and different 
themes. So I really would encourage you to go and, and look at those. Yes, there, I... there are a lot of projects around participatory arts and um, some fantastic storytelling cards by Gary Barker. All sorts of wonderful projects on there. I would definitely endorse that. I th I've looked at the website. There are some really interesting, very beautiful things up there too. So, um, I mean, tell us about the actual piece that uh, was commissioned and that you wrote, because it's obviously very much connected to your own experience, as I understand, over this whole pandemic period. You can give us a bit of background on that. Yeah, so most of my background has been in participatory arts, but when... When, the, when COVID arrived, I, I was already not, I have chronic health problems, I was already not very well. So yes, yeah, so I was quite unwell with, with COVID and with breathlessness. At the time they weren't having tests, so it wasn't 100% sure, but there were lots of indicators um, that the doctors believed that I did have COVID. So, and and the only thing I could do was was go on these very short walks into the woods during my daily exercise allowance. And although I had to go very slowly because the breathlessness was very bad and I had to sleep as soon as I got in, even from very short walks, I did find that I felt better as I walked. And I wondered about what the benefits of being in woodland were for, for for breathlessness and I also found that I was feeling feeling anxious and that's a common symptom of Covid so I wondered whether there was a way to bring together um, those elements of anxiety respiratory problems and woodland into some kind of a, a poem and it seemed to me that that being in that space in the woods was was largely about the sound of the woods as well as the the physical experience of being in the woods and i wanted to convey that in the the poem that i produced so so how did you proceed with that you so you did you because it, it uh, i read in the article that you actually spent a night in the woods is that right i did yes yeah so i uh yeah, I, well, firstly, I did some secondary research and looked at some, some health research and found out some fascinating pieces of information there. And then I went and uh, spent the night in the woods. I wasn't quite brave enough to go on my own. I took my husband with me and we were very lucky. It was a very hot night and we did some, some field recordings, some recordings of the natural sounds and we walked around in the dark and just just tried to i tried to really mindfully tune in with how it felt to be in the woods because another element of this is is that woodland although we see the woods as a healing place there's also that association with danger and particularly for, for women and girls that uh, it's often very nerve-wracking for for women to be in wild places alone so and it was nerve-wracking at night because all this everything sounds different and there's shuffling outside the tent and all these uh, strange noises that helped to to inform 
inform the poem and, and really my connection with the woods became stronger through spending more and more time in there. Well, um, we're going to hear that piece uh, that you wrote, the, f the Force of Their Lives. Tell us about the, um, the connection with Hermann Hesse. So the, this is this is the quote from from Herman Hesse, the force of their lives, and he's talking about how what we can learn from trees. And I, I suppose I was wondering what we can in the time of COVID, what can we learn from from trees that can that can help us with our with our health. And some of the research that was thrown up was was very fascinating in terms of green spaces and how they can uh, improve our health not just in a in the way that we often think of as this connection with nature and this um, a psychological way that that green spaces can be useful but it was found that healthy microbiome so a, a diverse ecosystem can reduce the cytokine response in humans and can therefore stop people having um, very extreme immune responses. And you may have heard this phrase, psychotine, with regards to the, the COVID crisis, where, where people, uh, that is often the precursor of people becoming very serious deal with COVID. So I was fascinated by that idea that we, that the, that perhaps there's something in this that we can learn from trees and other green spaces that we can learn that by by encouraging biodiversity that actually we can our health can improve by spending time in those in those spaces and i know that in during the first lockdown in particular the woods were really busy so the, the woods near me are often very very empty you'll often walk walk in those woods and not see a soul but I know that other people were, were really feeling that need to go into those green spaces and it's almost as though there was as an intuition there that perhaps the answer to Covid or part of the answer to Covid lies in those in those green spaces and so it was interesting to see that the health the health research actually backed this up in in that particular way. Where breath is irregularly spaced or forced together, concatenated. The entrance stinks with small glands impatience. Touch me not, tall as men in crowds, roots red as genitals. Juliet's words. I still wind my keys around my fingers. Throttle. Prayer can't help us fade. Machine, throng, goes on. So many of us, afraid. Gats inside our chests. Come into the green churches. We cast ourselves through nettling memories. Harbour of leaves. The present stench. Lean into the core of our vertigo. Eyes inside my Eyes closed, find strands of us already here in green hair streak moth and back. <laughs> 
parts of the tree that have detached and become soft give of mud flesh. The gut remembers mothering together in this glade, stamping row, marking stones, where the raspberries, mushrooms and wild garlic grow. Can we learn from the body of the wood and its beasts how to breathe? Heart slow, harness panic to only a blackbird's alarm. Release medicine from shared roots that corresponds with the threat. Blend with the voices of the beck. So that was The Force of Their Lives, after Herman Hess, by, um, by Becky Cherriman, the poet who we're talking to today, commissioned with the Cultural Institute and in, the, uh, in Beyond Measure, a series of, of fantastic uh, artist collaborations, which, and we'll have the details of the website a bit later on. But Becky, yeah, tell us a little about the piece there and about the, the concept for it in terms of the breathing yeah, because breathlessness and laboured breathing was, was the, one of my main symptoms, I I wondered how, how do we... I'm always asking myself this question as a poet. How do we translate experience for the reader or for the audience? And as a performing performance poet, we're often taught to, you know, we need to control our breath. We need to make sure that we... Uh, we don't show any anxiety or any um, rapid breathing or anything like that. And we, you know, I know how to do that. I've I've been a practicing poet for many years, but I was wondering about what would happen if actually instead of doing that, you actually acknowledge where your breath is. And I couldn't do anything other than acknowledge where my breath was. So I wondered whether being able to hear that background of the breathing might make a listener feel as though in some ways they're inhabiting my body for that moment in the woods. So I was interested in in the idea, at least, I'm not saying I've succeeded in this, but I at least wanted to attempt it to enable the listener to feel as though they're, they're in my body experiencing that breathlessness but also experiencing those sounds of the woods and my inner thoughts well I, i'm sure lots of people will um will resonate with the piece and with what you're saying i mean certainly during this last nine months the uh, the open air trees particularly have been and parks parkland you know we're very lucky in leeds to have so much of it but have been really really beneficial for people in terms of yeah space and air and uh, yeah I'm sure people will identify with the piece and you've written an article which is also on the website that does that does that um, have some connections have some links to uh, to the scientific research that people can look into yeah that's so that talks about the the research that I found while I was researching while I was, while I was developing the poem um, and yes, it talks about the scientific and health research. It also talks about women who sleep in wild places and their experiences of that and, and fears around woodland. 
so there's a lot of the, the different strands of the poem are explored in that in that article and certainly people some people have found people have found very different elements of that article interesting and relevant to them so i hope that it will be relevant to people and that it's not a hopeless piece i think i think there's um there's a lot of a lot of optimism in there Absolutely. So, Becky, thanks ever so much for talking to us. If uh, people want to listen to the piece again and investigate the article you've written and also look at the other uh, projects in Beyond Measure, how do they how do they do that? They need to go to the Beyond Measure exhibition, online exhibition page, which I don't know if you could post a link to it on your we'll on your website. Yeah. Definitely. And and before we go, how are you? I mean, in terms of the long COVID? I'm a lot better. So my blood oxygen level has, has gone up quite a lot. And um, I still lose my voice quite often. So that's a, not good in my in my line of work. But I'm, I'm much, much better in myself. So, yeah. And I think that's, I hope that that's also quite encouraging for people who have experienced or are experiencing long COVID symptoms that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to keep, keep continuing in that vein. Thanks ever so much for talking to us, Becky. Thank you, Peter. Translation on Trial, part four. When it works. In the previous three programmes, we've seen a range of motives and outcomes when people attempt to translate works of art. Some don't bother and make something up like Bobby Darren's Under the Sea. Paul Anker knew how to turn an hit tune into cash, but not how to use a dictionary, and came up with my way. Jimmy Percy of Sham 69 couldn't even find a dictionary, so ended up translating French heavy metal lyrics so they sounded like a bloke shouting at his wife at a bus stop. But, just occasionally, someone gets it right, and the good news is that almost all was northern. In movies, for instance, Anthony Burgess' translation of Cyrano de Bergerac is felt by many to actually improve on the original in the 1990s screenplay starring Gérard Depardieu, However, in song, one artist occupies his very own niche, Leeds' own Jake Thackeray. Through the bars of a large enclosure, the village ladies intently stared, where a gorilla with massive composure was impassively combing his hair. They were shamelessly interested, eyeing devoutly a certain spot. But my mother's a special request, her I refrain from telling you what, Brother Gorilla! Jake Thackeray was born and grew up in Leeds and studied foreign languages at Durham University. Upon graduating, he taught English in France and Algeria. Whilst in France, he had poetry published in French. Returning to England to teach at Intec High School in Bramley, he began learning the guitar and made up songs to try and quell the unrulier elements in his classes. This led to folk clubs and eventually appearances on topical TV programmes like BBC One's Braden's Week, which, for the benefit of any younger listeners, was a bit like the one show but with content. What's interesting about Jake's development is that, for starters, the words came first, 
and just as important as his role models were French artists of the chansonnier tradition like Georges Brassens, Jacques Brel and Charles Trenet. Rock and roll completely passed me by, as he once said. The chansonnier tradition is lyrical, poetic and often rudely funny. By contrast, English language writers of the time tended to be simplistic and obvious. The only English language songwriters that came near it were the likes of Noel Coward and Cole Porter. One example which illustrates this is Jacques Brel's Le Plat Pays, The Flat Land, in which he identifies with his native Belgium via images of the landscape and climate, whilst simultaneously creating a mood of lugubrious darkness. That same year, our own pop geniuses, the Beatles, were singing Love, Love Me Do, You Know I Love You, I'll Always Be True, So Please Love Me Do. However, a song which illustrates translation at its best is Thackeray's version of Georges Brasson's Le Gorilla. Written in 1952, it's a tale of a randy gorilla, which, having become aroused by a largely female crowd admiring its genitals, escapes and attempts to copulate. Through poor eyesight and lack of intelligence, it instead lavishes its priapic attentions on a local judge. All very lewd and carry on, and indeed the song was banned on French radio, though not for its sexual content. In fact, the ditty is a tongue-in-cheek blast at capital punishment, with the last few lines detailing how the judge was kicking and screaming and wailing when his moment of truth had come, like those wretches he orders daily to be taken away and hung. So why is this such a good translation? Well, to answer this, we have to look at what translation essentially is. If we think about it, Meaning depends entirely not on the words themselves, but the effect they have on the listener. So it doesn't matter what we intend to say, it's how it's received. For example, when I was a student in the 1980s, some mates of mine went into a local butcher's. Can we have half a pound of bacon, please? they asked. We haven't got any bacon, came the reply. Mm, Well, can we have a dozen pork sausages, please? There was a pause. Are you trying to be funny, mate? snarled the chap behind the counter. No. Why? We're a kosher butchers. Get out of my shop. What would be a routine transaction in one place becomes a tense standoff in another. So, to translate a song well, the translator has to understand how to create the same reaction in the listener as would the original, and to do that, they must have a deep knowledge not just of the words, but of the culture, history and traditions of the place they came from. Then, you've got to make it rhyme, because the original does. The stresses of the words have to be right, to fit the rhythm of the tune. This is especially challenging going from French to English, because of the French habit of sometimes stressing the otherwise silent vowels at the ends of words when the rhythm or rhyme demands. While you're at it, the jokes have to work and the tone's got to be spot on. And finally, in this song, the payoff about capital punishment has to be held back until the reveal right at the very end. Those gunshots you just heard was the sound of Bobby Darren, Paul Anker and Jimmy Percy walking off into the woods. And none of them worked with Phil Spector. But anyway, our jakes from Leeds, 
so let's see how he succeeded where others wouldn't. To begin with, Jake understood that translation is an art, not a science. As someone who'd had poetry published in a second language, Thackeray had learned the power of implied meaning in a gag. For instance, when the rampaging ape grabs the judge, Brassens implies what befalls him by saying the ape dragged him into a bush. Thackeray brilliantly renders this as... Though the gorilla is very proficient in the role of a paramour, his mental equipment's deficient and his eyesight's awfully poor, with a paleolithic leer he gave the old lady the miss and grabbing the judge by the ear gave him an introductory kiss. Brother Gorilla! The multisyllabic introductory implies the gruesome act by leaving it to the imagination of the listener while still maintaining the rhythm of the lyric. It would, of course, have been perfectly possible to translate the meaning, as several subtitled YouTube clips of Brassens do, by merely translating each line of the original literally. However, it wouldn't sound like a song and it wouldn't be as funny. This is why a good translation works holistically. A good poet, being someone who constantly juggles the meanings and sounds of words and phrases, will always look for an overall balance of sounds and meaning, rather than looking at it line by line. Anyone who studied languages at a higher level will often have found themselves, when translating, saying to themselves, but they wouldn't say that. Tone in writing, as Clive James often said, is everything. Brassens' twinkly-eyed old manstick means that French audiences would probably be scandalised but not surprised, having grown up themselves with a tradition that includes Voltaire, Rabelais and characters in Zola novels having their penises chopped off. Jake Thackeray's absorption of Brassens' intricately rhythmical diction, allied to his lugubrious baritone pronouncements in polite language, meant it was rude, but not so rude as a child couldn't hear it on the telly. Those too young to be exposed to explicit references would be likely too young to have the vocabulary to know what Dad was sniggering at. The door of the circus lockup, where the noble brute had been put by an administrational cock-up, was unwisely left unshut. I'm going to lose it at last, he cried, swinging lissomely out of his cage, referring, of course, to his chastity. He was just at the difficult age, Brother Gorry. Indeed, this capturing of Brassens' tone so perfectly presents the modern listener with a problem. The original was composed in 1952 and the translation ten years after that. What was seen then as a cheeky tale about a primate with a Harvey Weinstein approach to courtship needs to be viewed through many filters if we are not to misinterpret it owing to the passage of time. Thackeray, ever the polite and devout Catholic, translates the verb viole which means, literally, rape, with the archaic term ravish. Now, even then, there would be a blurring of interpretations of either word, but one has to bear in mind that there existed then a different consensus on what constituted conjugal rights, which wouldn't pass muster today. It's clear that Thackeray, who was often accused of what was then called chauvinism, was aware of this, as he makes clear that... If I were in such a position and the choice had got to be mine, I'd beg the old lady's permission but go for grandma every time. 
This seems to imply that attitudes have moved on even in the ten years between the original and the translation. It might also explain why Thackeray would often begin songs with a disclaimer saying, This song is offensive. Plus, lest we be tempted to leap onto our white horse and cry misogyny, we need to check ourselves on two counts. One, the shift from describing male attitudes to women as prejudiced or chauvinistic to misogynist, as in actually hating women, might say more about the linguistic arms race caused by brief adversarial online interaction than the motives of long-dead artists. The second is that if someone took that stance, which isn't totally unreasonable, they'd invariably make the mistake of criticising the implied violence against women angle and tacitly ignore the violence against public officials bit, which, lest we forget, is the only violence that actually happens in the song. All of that is for another debate, perhaps. What's clear is that however one views the attitudes of the time, we wouldn't be doing it if our Jake hadn't captured the whole thing so perfectly. Plus, in a post-Brexit, inward-looking UK, with the Erasmus scheme abolished and exchange visits, a quaint footnote only retired people might mention, I think we should celebrate a local cultural icon who made unique art by facing outwards to the world and listening to it. In other words, we should get off our phones, get off our asses, and do exactly the same. Here's a Frenchman who made Jake Thackeray do just that. Mais par malheur, si le gorille, au jeu de l'amour vaut son prix, on sait qu'en revanche il ne brille, ni par le goût, ni par l'esprit. L'or au lieu d'opter pour la vieille, comme aurait fait n'importe qui, il saisit le juge à l'oreille et l'entraîna dans un maquis. Garrigorie La suite serait délectable Malheureusement je ne peux pas la dire Et c'est regrettable Ça nous aurait fait rire un peu Car le juge au moment suprême Criait maman, pleurait beaucoup Comme l'homme auquel le jour même Il avait fait trancher le coup Garrigorie 